Beer with Buffy is a retro-analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and its spin-off Angel. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us at patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. A couple hundred years ago, the only thing you had to worry about was a hangover. You're telling me you're an investigator? More or less. Today, because of your curse thingy, you can't sleep with anyone. I'm not a teen. I'm your boss. Or else you might feel a moment of true happiness. You got already an addiction to the brooding part of life. Lose your soul. Except for the bulk of it, I was nearly tortured to death. Becoming evil again. You're a demon hunter. Rogue demon hunter. And kill everyone. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Thanks, Cornelia. I always appreciate you. Shit, I tried using the wrong side of my bottle opener. <laughs> That's never happened to me before, baby, I swear. <laughs> you know, as many times we've had that joke on this podcast, I think you're lying. <laughs> Actually, no, that never has happened to me before. I have lit a cigarette from the wrong end. That sounds awful. It is awful. Welcome to Ale with Angel. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. And today we are reviewing Season 1, Episode 10, Parting gifts. Parting gifts. You know, the kinds of gifts that one bestows when they are parting. Yes. I won't go into details. Yeah, that's a good call. Sure, I will, but, you know, during during the episode. I was going to make an (laughs) off-color sex joke, but I'll just let you all run wild with your disgusting little imaginations. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think anyone's disgusting imagination can trump your disgusting imagination. I think Trump's can. Oh, oh, did I go there? It off that he's, like, ruined that usage of the word. He really has. Yeah. But let's not yeah, let's do politic not get into talk that. on the show. Hey, Josh, how about some executive producers? Hey, that's a great idea, Rex. I'm so glad you asked me that. And the answer is Meredith McCaslin, <laughs> Rose Clark, <laughs> C in quotes heaps, Andy Burgess, K. Fronome, Father DeFinistrato, Alexandria Ware von Brunt, Kelly McAdams, Shuby Pathic, Ollie from the Heart, and Carrie Phillips. I'm getting really good at that Yay! list. And the peasants rejoiced. Yeah, so he's getting really good at that list, so we need new patrons to fuck him up. Yes, trip me up. <laughs> Please, for the love of God, there's no shuffle button. <laughs> I can't stand it. Actually, no, I'm very much a creature of habit, and I enjoy order, so it really will upset me yeah. if I have to put a new name in there. So I hope you're one of those trolls who likes upsetting people. More importantly, upsetting Josh will bring me joy. Yeah, yeah, that. There you go. So there you go. There's your motive. So if you're some (laughs) sicko that wants to give Rex joy, there you go. There's your motivation. I don't need anybody sitting around going, oh, what's my motivation? Because we just gave it to you. So shut up. (laughs) Oh. That being said, one of our Patreon supporters has paid us double for the cat naming perk. Meredith. Which means. My goodness. We get to name another cat. (laughs) It's been 10 episodes, but here we are. It has been 10 episodes. It's not a bad chunk of time in between. Uh, like, Yeah, I've had worse, probably. I don't know. This is fairly unprecedented. Well, there's a slight precedent. There's a, yeah, like, you know, <laughs> there's the precedent. It's not completely unprecedented. Where we named cats <laughs> yes. for Meredith McCaslin. I suppose yes. you're right. But this is the first time we've named cats for Meredith McCaslin again. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> so I suppose we'll do it the same way. We each have some options. I will give you mine and you'll pick your favorite and you'll give me yours and I will pick my favorite. And then we fight over them like fucking gentlemen. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Yeah. We it- have guns and everything. Ten paces. <laughs> Turn around and fire. Shit, I am not prepared for this. <laughs> I'll just break a beer bottle and we'll go at it. Like fucking gentlemen. <laughs> you know, my dad growing up always told me, if you're fighting fair, you're not fighting. <laughs> right? I just, I love that because nothing makes me laugh harder than when a woman says anything about, I try not to swear too fucking much because I am a fucking lady. <laughs> anything like that. I, I Yeah, I like that. That's highbrow well. humor as far as I'm concerned. All right, so do you want to go first with your cat names? Or? Sure, sure. So we got a picture of this kitty cat, and she's fucking adorable. Yeah, little tortoise shit. Little tortoise shell cat. A little tortoise shit is what Rex yes. said. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> now, fucking adorbs. We had a small debate over the definition of calico and tortoise shell, yeah. which I believe we came to an agreement that calico is brown, black, and white, or orange thrown in there, but yeah. it has to have white. Yeah, it's a weird distinction. And a tortoise shell does not have white, but they do have at least two colors. Yep, at least two colors, anywhere ranging from cream to black and red and orange and... This particular tortoise shell is black and orange, or brownish uh, orange. Kind of, kind of a burnt of cream. Burnt I orange, I would say. It's, a, it's around there, yeah. Okay, um, but dark. Kind of a, a light caramel. Dark and adorable and delicious. Yes. Mm. <laughs> so. Here at Ale with Angel, we do not eat cats. Yet. What name would at you all? like? At all? What name would you like to call <laughs> your dessert today? I'm going to give you three choices. My first one right. being Filbert. <laughs> and I guess we do the explanations after we pick. Yeah. So uh, I feel like that one's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Second one. This one takes a couple steps of logic to get to, but I still like it. Raiden. Okay. I didn't realize. I, I had totally forgotten that this cat's a girl. And I said afterwards, you know what? Fuck it. Smashing gender stereotypes. Yeah, we don't need them. Here on Ale with Angel. Damn right. So Raiden. Yes, Raiden as in the lightning god from Mortal Kombat. Okay. And my, th- my third name, Chainsaw Smashity Smash. <laughs> what? So I'm not going to lie. I, I was trying to use an online cat name generator. <laughs> and I made the mistake of attempting to use the developers of Exploding Kittens card game cat name generator. And it came out Chainsaw <sighs> Smashity Smash. Yeah, that's acceptable. That's, I thought so. That's acceptable. Yeah. Um, I actually don't have three names. I really couldn't think of a, a third better name. I think maybe I, I, I leave my, my personal standards are re- really high. Uh, that being said, the uh, first one that I have for you, I'm not proud. <laughs> <laughs> it was just too straightforward and excellent to not pick, and that is Shelly. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, hell. Damn it, I actually kind of like that. It's just a solid pun. I it's a like solid, damn it. simple, straightforward I'm really pun. upset about how much I like that. <laughs> Go on. Um, and then the second one, this one also requires a bit of uh, explanation, but it's... What? Venus de Miaulo. 
<laughs> you shoehorn the word meow in there. You yes, can do I anything. did, of course. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> hey, I have standards, damn it. Uh-huh. And I have no third name, so you only get to vote for two. Okay. Well, I want to hear the explanation for the second one before I choose. Okay, so. Say the name again. Venus D. Meowlo. Okay. Which is obviously a cat pun on Venus de Milo. Obviously. Okay. Venus de Milo, a statue from Renaissance art, specifically was the first female Ninja Turtle. What? (laughs) How was that the first female Ninja Turtle? That was the first female Ninja Turtle. Wait, 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 wait. Was it in the comics or was it in the movie? The cartoon. Oh, the cartoon. I, I'm positive it was the so cartoon. Her, her name was Venus. I'm pulling from memory here, but... But her I'm, name was Venus. Venus, Because yeah. obviously the other... I, see, I almost went with an intro name, but I was like, no, that's too obvious. That's too mainstream. No, v- Venus D. Miaolo. Um, there but, you go. Yeah, you nailed it because you remembered that she was a girl. Yeah. It's like, I mean, okay, I'm, sma- I'm over here smashing gender stereotypes with Chainsaw Smashity Smash, but he's out there pulling out good names... Because he remembered gender stereotypes. So I'm a little confused. Uh, so you have two to pick from. I do. Uh, shit, I really like Shelly. That's nice and short and cute, but I'm going to have to make that a backup for when you're yelling at her out the door. Because <laughs> I like Venus de Miaolo. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty proud of it. That's pretty nice. Uh, let's see, you had Filbert. Uh-huh. And Raiden. Raiden. And uh, what... And Chainsaw Smashity Smash. What in the world is the explanation to Raiden? For Raiden. <laughs> I was I wanted to go with something Ninja Turtle themed. And it was like something about shell shock. Something. And I just didn't have time to fully flesh it out. So oh, it's like a... something geeky that reminds me of shock. <laughs> that's also cool. Raiden. Shell shock. I, I have to. I have to vote Filbert though. Okay. Yeah. That was um, my first choice. For well. those of you who do not know. Filbert is a turtle. Oh, jeez. Oh, God. <laughs> From Rocco's Modern Life, I, a cartoon that both Josh and I grew up watching. I have a little bit of <laughs> advice for everybody during the coronavirus <laughs> pandemic. Now, what you do is you turn the page and you wash your hands. And then you turn the page and then you wash your hands. And then you turn the page and then you wash your hands. Again, Rocco. Rocco, are you listening to me, Rocco? Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah. This is one of my favorite Uh, turtle characters ever. Yeah. Am I too turtly for your turtle club? No, Filbert Filbert is by far one of the, like, most entertaining fictional turtles out there. Fucking amazing. (laughs) It's... Just take every Jewish stereotype, <laughs> stuff it into a turtle, and it's amazing. I don't know why. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We got to pick a name here. We're down to Filbert and Venus de Mialo. Okay. Um, do we want to rock, scissors, paper over this? <laughs> like fucking gentlemen. All right, all right. Let's do this. <laughs> On three or one, two, three, shoot? One, two, three, shoot. Okay. One, two, three, shoot. Ha! Ah, I win. Fuck. I threw paper, he threw scissors. Does that mean I choose or that it's my name? You get to pick. It's your vote. <sighs> <laughs> All right. Venus de Mialo. It is. Excellent. There we go. There you go, Meredith. You already named her, 
But Ori now has the secondary name of Venus de Miaolo. And the tertiary name of Shelley. <laughs> and the quadrociary name of Filbert. Yes. Ori, really? You don't have to go with our decision. You can use any one of those names. Those are open source. <laughs> but it's Venus de Miaolo. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I'll actually... Uh, email meredith to to make sure of this but with meredith's permission we'll actually share a picture of ori on twitter Ooh, yeah we're gonna start a cat porn page <laughs> it's gonna be amazing and for all those of you with cats like machine guns loaded with tribbles just ratatatting baby kit cats because alleyway tom just can't resist that yowling siren song you can always just run on over to our patreon page and donate five dollars and we will do this all the goddamn same for you yeah and that is patreon.beerwithbuffy.com that is correct yeah because we don't have any reviews to do today no itunes reviews recently so get on it we know you're out there we see you i see you right now through the through the veil of time and space. Yes. Uh, Josh has developed suddenly the ability to scry through the podcast downloads. Yeah. No, maybe Cor- something like that. Cordelia made out with me <clears throat> and gave me her powers. Oh, yeah. Damn. That would be. Yeah. <laughs> no, obviously that didn't happen because I probably wouldn't be here right now. I'd still be just sitting there in awe. <laughs> Like, ah, what just happened? Ah. Uh, oh, jeez. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my glasses. Anyway. Um, and we don't have any voicemails to do either. Fred said he was going to start calling in again, but he has yet to do it. Color me surprised. Called out again. Yeah, Fred. Boom. All right. Now that the business is done, let's get on with the fun. It's time for a parental synopsis. Joshua. What are you doing, Joshua. Well, father, I'm certainly not going rogue and pretending to be a hardcore leathery biker who fights things that go bump the night, <laughs> and thereby hiding my shame from the family that, in fact, I was fired from my secret underground ancient elder council of occult scholars. Not getting into any trouble, then? Well, father, as you know, it's quite impossible for me to not get into trouble. <laughs> what with all the other men being jealous of my rippling muscles and lightning-fast reflexes. <laughs> Like a cat, you see, a cat. And above all, the sheer body count of demons that I, hypothetically, of course, (laughs) could have easily racked up by now. (laughs) Yeah, someone's got some fucking demons. Where are they? Why, I say give them a one and a two, and if they push me without saying thank you by God, I'll add a three and a four. Simple math will be their undoing and their worst nightmare. That's where I come in, of course. Forces of darkness and all now, tally-ho. Aha! I knew it. You are a rogue demon hunter. Yeah, that's right, Dad, and you can't change me, so don't fucking try. Hey, do you want me to auction off your other kidney? Eh? Do you? Do you? You're not my real dad. (laughs) shut up and eat your damn eggs (laughs) that made no sense (laughs) made lots of sense after we do this episode maybe anyway Uh, (laughs) because on today's episode of angel Cordelia discovers that she's received Doyle's gift of visions from the powers that be, and Angel takes on a new client, an empath demon who's being chased by a rogue demon hunter. Spoiler alert, it's Wesley Wyndham Price from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. What? What is this, a crossover? 
Uh, and after a small amount of digging, Angel and Wesley discover that the demon they should be hunting was in fact Barney all along. Which I don't know if I mentioned was the empath demon. Not the Kungai demon that Barney would have them believe is the problem. Barney has been harvesting powers from humans and demons alike and selling them on the super duper black market and now he's selling Cordelia for her newfound seer powers. As luck would have it, Cordelia's solitary vision was enough to lead Angel and Wesley to the location of the auction just in time to save her and give Barney what was coming to him. The end. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. as the sun goes down, down, down. So we open up on a conversation between Angel and the Oracles. That is correct. <clears throat> it's not going well. Yeah, not very well. No, uh, he jumped right into begging for his friend back. He said, rules be damned, I'm going straight to the fucking Oracles. Yeah, and uh, they're like, no, no, fuck you, we're not helping. The, How dare you disturb our slumber? <laughs> Or whatever the hell they were doing. Well, uh, I, I like their argument because they're like, what, you want us to bring him back and then undo his heroic sacrifice? Yeah. Like, How rude. He finally <laughs> achieved atonement. Like, don't be a dick, man. Yeah. Yeah. And they said it's very self-serving. Don't ever come back to us with such self-serving requests ever again. And I was kind of like, eh, I, I kind of got a side with them, Angel. Yeah. But he's like, hey, guys, I'm a, I'm a flying blind here. I, I ain't got nobody with vision, see? And I'm like, oh, God forbid you had to do real detective work. Right. Like everybody else. But they're like, every time a door closes, another one opens. You'll see. Ta-ta. And the, the other guy <laughs> does his bitchy ta with his hand up. And he's like, good vibe. Yeah. yeah. So, so the oracles. Not helpful. Yeah. Kind of dicks. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, they're fun dicks, though. Yeah. Yeah. I like their makeup. It is good makeup. Yeah. I enjoy it. So then we cut out to the streets of LA, where we see a demon. Some floppy-eared, forehead horns dude running away from some dude on a motorcycle. At least yeah. we assume it's a dude. Because, you know, gender stereotypes. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Opening oh. credits. Opening sequence. Dramatic cello. Na, na, na. <laughs> you know, right before this, I reviewed the seventh episode yeah. uh, for release, <laughs> and that's when you mentioned how... I'm just waiting for somebody <laughs> waiting to, for to, tell you to fucking call me it. out on that shit. Yeah. So, hey, uh, fucking Has, quit it. <laughs> hasn't happened yet. It's coming like a freight train, though. <laughs> so, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we cut to Angel Investigations. Cordelia is still grieving a bit. She's looking for something of Doyle's to hold on to because it's like he never existed or something. Yeah, and she, well, she's looking at the mugs and she's like, I'm trying to find his special mug. And Angel's like, he didn't have a special mug. He didn't have a special mug, Cordelia. Well, don't you think he should have? She's all doughy-eyed and sad. And very, well, that makes sense. Getting very wispy. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, we, we took a a week break after the episode where Doyle died because we needed to calm down a bit too. So kinda, yeah. it's just kind of weird coming back and it's only like a day or two later for them. You right. Know? And it's like, geez, haven't you gotten over it yet? Come on. And, <laughs> 
So Angel's like, get out, go live your life. <laughs> and she's like, you're just trying to push me away so that you can have all your selfish brooding to yourself, you selfish bastard. <laughs> and he's like, no, that's not what I... And she keeps interrupting him. It's hilarious. Because she's like, no, I'm staying right here. You can't kick me out. Beep, beep. Oh, I gotta go. Gotta go. <laughs> and the whole conversation 180s. To, no, why don't you just stay here? You don't have to go to the audition if you're not feeling it. I am leaving. There's no way you can get me to not go to this thing. Whatever. And that whole shtick. Yeah. Well, she's like, no, it's it's a national campaign. I have to do this audition. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. <laughs> do, 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 do. And so on our way out the door, Mr. Floppy Ears Forehead Nubs is waiting. Uh, he's looking for Angel. Startles the hell out of Cordy. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I'd be pretty startled if he was in front of my door when I opened it as well. Yep. But he runs right into Angel and he's like, hey, you're uh, you're that Angel guy. Don't you, uh, you like, help the... And he had trouble thinking of the word, the, the helpless, right? It's like, really? Yeah. I was not sold. No, I was not sold at all. On his little fucking act there. In fact, the whole time, I'm just kind of like, something's off about this douche. Yeah. Hey, Rex. What sound does it make when a salt truck hits a water truck? I don't know, Josh. What sound does it make? <laughs> Barney. <laughs> okay, that was a good <laughs> I had to think of a different answer. because <laughs> It's funny that his name's Barney, because anytime I think douche, I also think Barney from How I Met Your Mother. Right? Yeah, it fits. They're, they're very similar. It works. Yeah. Definitely works. And so he tells Cordelia to break a leg because he can empathically tell that she has performance anxiety. Yep. And she's like, oh, my God, how did you know that? Uh." And anyway, she leaves. They go to the office. Um, (laughs) This bit cracked me up because Barney's like, look, I don't mean to alarm you just in case it comes up, but I'm a demon. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Angel's just very nonchalantly. I appreciate your candor. Get right on out of here. <laughs> Shut the front door. <laughs> Cordelia already did. Huh. Yeah, Angel appreciates his candor. And then David Fury writes an angry memo to his fandom <laughs> to get off his dick about Angel being awake during the daytime and not sleeping in a coffin. Yeah. <laughs> like, the second he launched into that speech, I'm like, oh, somebody pissed off a writer. <laughs> <laughs> so I looked it up. It was David Fury, who was like Joss Whedon's right-hand man on the creation of Angel, anyway. I don't know oh. how much involvement he had with Buffy. I assume some, if not yeah, a I lot. Imagine. Yeah, And so, it's one of my quotes of the day here, because if it ever comes up again, we have this little bit of canon that Angel yep. can shove right in your fucking sock hole. <laughs> <laughs> Vampires don't sleep in coffins. It's a misconception made popular by hack writers and ignorant media. In fact, you know, we can and do move around during the day as long as we avoid direct sunlight. Got it? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, he got it? I felt personally attacked. Right? (laughs) (laughs) And you can't see this listening at home, but he's very pointedly making... A direct look at me when he says that. <laughs> oh no, I I attacked that several times already yeah. 
throughout just the first we half both of have. season we've, one. We've, 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 been, we've been all over that shit like fucking white on rice. Honestly, as it stands, the only issue I have at this point is just the the failure of continuity within the show that is talking about how they don't have heartbeats. Yeah. But they're still affected by things that require a circulation. That literally, that's my only real pet peeve because it is failure to have cohesive story in the story, not just outside influence bullshit. I, I absolutely agree. And just to add on to that, Mr. David Fury, <laughs> the one part that you did not cover with this is the one thing that I still find unforgivable. Like, I can swallow that Angel moves around during the day inside. Yep. And that he just avoids direct sunlight and that he chooses not to sleep in a coffin because it's an archaic practice or some shit. Whatever. But the fucking episode with Cordelia's haunted apartment, he came over to her house during the day to give her a baby cactus. Fucking what? Yep. I cannot let go of that. I can't. Yeah. Was he wearing a fucking space suit? There's even some times... In this set, this office set, mm-hmm. where he's in direct sunlight. In direct sunlight. Like, this must be a north or southerly facing building. Yeah. Or wherever the windows are. Because other than that, there's no way he's not getting direct sunlight from those open blinds. <laughs> All right. Anyway, yeah. Rant over. <laughs> we are exactly the people this line is written for. <laughs> we really are. I don't want to share my feelings. I don't want to open up. I want to find the guy that killed Tina. And I want to look him in the eye. Then what? Then I'm going to share my feelings. Cut to Cordy's just stellar audition. Just so good. How in the world did they not give her the role? Brava! Brava! God damn it, Cordelia. Oh, my shit. So she falls apart during a stain remover commercial audition. Okay, look, we've talked a little before about how good of an actor a person has to be to play a character being a bad actor. Mm -hmm. Like, you're already layers deep. Mm -hmm. But, like, on top of that, she portrays a character so at that point you're already two layers deep right but this adds another one this adds a whole another layer because while she is trying to act badly she's also trying to not break down and it's very well done gradual (laughs) yeah you feel it you feel that she's really trying to keep it together. Yeah. Like really, really trying to it's, keep it it's together. It's fucking impressive. <laughs> to the point where it wraps back around and it confuses the panel <laughs> of auditioner, auditioners, auditioners, directors, I producers. Know, you're the one in that world. I, 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 I knew that was coming right back on me. <laughs> like, I'm the one that should know this. Directors and producers, casting directors, whatever. They, they're like, that was an interesting choice. Yeah. Like, you'd think they would have realized that that was just real crying. Right. Uh, they're like, well, maybe you could go for something a little bit more, you know, happy. Happy. That this, this, this stain is removed. Hap, 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 happy. Okay. Because they're like, because they're like, you know, because stains are bad. And like, you couldn't tell that they're uncomfortable. 
<laughs> it is very uncomfortable. And then, oh, and it just gets, it gets so much better. It gets so, so much better. So as she tries it again, she gets her very first vision. Because <laughs> now she gets Doyle's visions. Because if we all remember that kiss that they had last yeah. episode, there was that purple electricity that I asked you about. And you're yeah. like, oh, I didn't see it. I did go back and I did look. Yeah, it was definitely it, there. Yeah. It was also in the previously on for this episode, just in case you missed it. So she sees some random shit. Couldn't really make out anything. It sounds like she couldn't much either. Yeah, and uh, like and it she's... just it just comes off as super angry. <laughs> and one of my quotes of the day, one of the <laughs> casting directors is like, "Okay, nice adjustment." <laughs> We'll let you know. We'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. We'll good. let you know is an interesting way to say fuck off. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> um, which is pretty much how they do it at all job interviews and auditions. Yeah. Um, if if anybody giving you an interview or audition says, we'll let you know, you didn't get the fucking job. We've got uh, other people to interview. We're still interviewing other people. No, you're fucking not. Fuck you, bye. <laughs> but, and even if you are, fuck you, bye. And as soon as you're gone, they turn around and they're like, man, that interview was so bad, we're just going to dissolve, just outright dissolve the position. His interview was so bad, we're just, we're not hiring anyone. Either that, or you walk out the door and they're like, you know, I really wanted to give it to him, but then he was like, no, you're not. Fuck you. And... <laughs> It, oddly, he, hiring managers have issues with this for some reason. I don't. It makes no sense to me. <laughs> You'd think they would respect my strength. Because <laughs> it's prison rules, right? That's what somebody yeah, told me. You yeah, walk right, right in and you punch them in the face. <laughs> Give me the fucking job! And then you, you sack tap them on the forehead. Oh, God. And that's how you get jobs, everybody. So we cut to the office office. <laughs> that's... And that's where kidneys come from. Because <laughs> then they sell you on the black market. And we cut to the office office. <laughs> okay. Where Barney's, Barney's given the rundown of the goings-on in Barney world. <laughs> as he's being hunted by this leather-clad motorcycle-riding badass. He's fairly badass. <laughs> I gotta say so myself. Yes, Barney is, in fact, an empath demon, yep. if you will. The correct answer is, I will not. I will not. Excellent. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he tells Angel about this assassin who's been chasing him relentlessly, but Barney's a nobody. I mean, maybe he cheats at card games a little bit, but otherwise, no reason for him to be a target. Yeah, I like that they cut... During this conversation, they keep cutting to shots of the dude on the motorcycle. Yeah, it actually is fairly badass. Like, we're yeah. expecting to see, like, Arnold fucking Schwarzenegger. Oh, seriously, yeah. Pop up. Like, and I knew, I knew who it was. Yeah. But, like, I was so disappointed that I knew who it was. Right. Like, I really wish I had, like, no idea whatsoever that Wesley was coming into the show. And I wasn't and I, sure like, if you did, because last episode, you were like, man, I don't know how they're going to make up for Doyle being gone. I knew Wesley came back, came onto the show, but I couldn't remember how that transition was made. Mm. Mostly, I think I couldn't remember it, because it's one fucking episode. They're like, oh, Doyle's gone! Hey, Wesley! Yeah, 
And I don't I don't know if Wesley sticks around, so that's still a mystery to me, or if it takes a few episodes for her to, him to come back. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember. Oddly enough, I don't think I remember most of the second half of the first season. I don't remember most of the show, period. Uh, but yeah, so... Barney's not that bad of a guy. He he as he puts it, I'm you know, I'm a demon, I'm evil, but I'm not evil. evil yeah. <laughs> but beyond that evil <laughs> He's definitely the garden path of evil. Yeah. It's like the kind of evil that would also help an old lady with too many parcels yeah. carry them across the road. Cause I mean, no one's that evil. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget to call your mom, okay? <laughs> So, so he doesn't know anybody that has a beef with him, no. and uh, we see mysterious badass with the motorcycle outside park and pulls out a hand crossbow, and then he squinches some yellow goo off of a building corner between his fingers. I mean, he probably yeah. thinks it's demon blood or something, but I'm not convinced it isn't a dehydrated homeless man's urine. Oh, God. <laughs> <sighs> uh, I knew you weren't going to like that one. <laughs> Oh, God, no. No, no, moving on. No, sir, I don't like it. All right, back at Angel Investigations. Um, Cordelia uh, comes back from her audition. Yeah. Angel at first is like, hey, how's it going? And she just kind of saunters in. She's got this odd look on her face. and that's, she, That about describes it. Yeah. It's odd. And she just steps right up and gives Angel one big kiss. Uses her big old sexy lady wiles to step right on up to the plate and lay one on Angel. And uh, he's uh, decidedly thrown off. Yeah. He actually kind of fights it a little bit. I'm like, whoa, you just let that happen. <laughs> when Cordelia Chase fucking kisses you, you don't say no. God, no. You do not. I don't care if you're Angel and you're in love with Buffy or something. You say, you know what? All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no. Fine. <laughs> She, uh... <laughs> Be a gentleman or something. Like a fucking gentleman. <laughs> she just wanted to give him the gift. She she thought kissing him would get rid of it. It didn't work. Yeah, she put two and two together pretty quick here. That That's how she got Doyle's visions was from the kiss last episode. And she's right. I, I get the sense that she subconsciously knew that it happened from the kiss. Okay. She was there. <laughs> Mm-hmm. When it happened, so she probably sensed something different about that kiss. Yeah, because she can definitely tell with every person that she kisses from here on out that she hasn't gotten rid of it. Exactly. So how does she know, though? Because she I, didn't know that she had the visions until she had a vision. But it could very well be one of those things where she knew something was up, right? but didn't know what up was. Yeah. You don't know that you're pregnant until you do the test, but... You can tell that something's different. You're a dude. That's a bad analogy. I'm, you know, <laughs> the last time I was pregnant. <laughs> right. No, but I've, I've heard enough about pregnancies that that sounds pretty much accurate. So she makes it sound like she's got an STD. And right. it sounds like she would, in fact, prefer that it were an STD like mono or herpes. Well, fun fact, Cordelia, you probably do have herpes. Yeah. I mean... Because the majority of people have herpes. Yeah. Check it out, guys. The statistics is like, what, 90% of people have herpes? Put it this way. Enough people have herpes that there's no fucking point in worrying about herpes. Yeah. Also, it's made out to be way worse than it really... Oh, my God. So many people are just sitting there thinking, okay, both of these gross assholes definitely have herpes. (laughs) It's not that bad, you guys. It's like... (laughs) 
You get some cold sores, you live in your mom's basement for a month till they go away, and then you go back to not having sex with anyone. I don't see what the problem is. I, I <laughs> no, but really, I've, I've never been tested and I don't get sores, so I honestly don't know. But that's kind of how it is for no, most and, people that do have herpes. Yeah, and mo- most doctors won't even test you. I'm really just going off of an episode of uh, Adam Ruins Everything. So go watch that episode of Adam Ruins Everything about herpes or sex ed in general yeah lots of sex ed in general there also fun fact hymens are not a thing they're a myth moving along uh but this is our official endorsement of adam ruins everything that show is fucking excellent and adam is my spirit animal if you say so uh yeah they're not paying us or anything but if they want to (laughs) they're more than welcome to and we will continue to endorse them yes wink wink Nudge, nudge. nudge. <laughs> saying them all, saying them all. <laughs> all right. So Cordy is more upset about the audition, and her whole take on it is very much of the angle of, had I not had this stupid vision, I would have done fine at the audition. But I'm sorry, Cordy, you were fucking it up well before then. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, you know, that's mostly because she's grieving, but... Her acting abilities were questionable before this anyway, oh, yeah. as a character, of course. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, Angel's like, oh, but what about the vision? And she's like, I don't fucking care. I messed up my audition. Right. And Angel figures out what she's babbling about and that she's getting the visions now. And he suddenly understands what the oracles were telling him earlier in the episode. Yep. He tries to coax out of Cordy what her vision was of, but... I think pulling teeth would have been considerably easier for him. Yeah. Because she just does not want anything to do with all this vision shit. And also, her vision wasn't particularly clairvoyant. Right? It Um, was not particularly helpful. Yeah. But I imagine that's the kind of thing that takes practice. Yeah. Like She'll get better. She definitely gets better at it. Well, yeah. Think of how hard it is to remember dreams. Right. Like you actually have to practice that. Like you keep a dream journal and that you, and you start actively trying to remember your dreams in a dream journal. You eventually start getting better at remembering. Yeah. I started keeping a dream journal and I think it fucked with my brain. So I stopped, but it can. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I'm aware. I think that's two portions of my consciousness that need to stay separate and they're separate for a reason. I learned that the hard way too. I'm aware. I'm fairly (laughs) certain we've told that story on the podcast. It's very possible. Um, Thank you. <laughs> so Cordelia's arguing with Angel about not wanting the visions, and she's like, I don't care. I want it out of me. And if kissing is the only way to get rid of it, I will smooch every damn frog in this kingdom. <laughs> right on cue, Barney steps out of the bathroom, and Cordelia runs straight over to him and kisses him. Yeah. Uh, it's nowhere near as lovely as her kiss on Angel, mind you, but no. nevertheless. She immediately regrets kissing him. Yeah, maybe not every frog. <laughs> She's doing the Ace Ventura th- thing. <laughs> Peanut? No, okay, we're not quoting Ace Ventura, I'm sorry. Yes, I have one right here. It's bulky, but I consider it carry-on. So oh, I got it out of my system, we're done. And <laughs> but anyway, Angel has got a client, and he needs to actively do his fucking job. While Barney's still being nice here, I kind of enjoyed his well, reaction. Yeah. He says... Uh, boy, I gotta say, I like the way you people treat your clients. I was like, that that was actually a fairly classy reaction. Yeah. I expected him to, like, start taking his pants off or something. Not Sorry, that- I was uh, 
I was distracted because I was thinking about Cordelia's tramp stamp. I know, me too. Uh, and her outfit in general in mm-hmm. this entire scene. Down boy. <sighs> <laughs> We're trying to be feminist allies. I'm Rex. aware. You can cut that part out. <laughs> no, I, th- I still <sighs> think it's funny, and it's fine. I'm just trying to bring it back on track. Pandemic <laughs> has been a very long and enduring thing. It has been a very long pandemic, yes. Um, <sighs> and there's no end in sight that I can see. <laughs> nope. So. So, yeah, Angel puts Cordy on babysitting duty because Barney's going to be better off staying in the basement. Might feel safer. Yeah. While Angel runs off to check Barney's apartment because he thinks that the dude chasing him knows where he lives. Yeah. And he's right. And I really enjoyed Angel's line on his way out. He says, hey, behave (laughs) yourself. I don't want to find you two necking on the couch when I get back. (laughs) I also wrote that down as a quote of the day. Yeah, it's like, well, since you're so hot for him, Cordy... Obviously. And it's not a line. She doesn't say anything, but she just kind of gives this sort of look. <laughs> like, he it knows. Was, she knows. Everybody yeah. knows. It's all in good fun. And no, it was fun. This was, this was a very, like, they're good, like, deep friends sort of interaction. Yeah, like, their friendship is coming along really nicely. They this was, this was the true, like, I'm poking fun at my good friend. Yeah. Yeah, it was good times. A person needs certain designer things. You shouldn't be trying to eat my friend's brains. Hey, you're a vampire. So we cut to nighttime, establishing shot of a motorcycle, exterior, and then immediately to an interior hallway with the obligatory creepy fritzing light. Yeah, Barney doesn't live at the Ritz. No. <laughs> well, when you're a demon, you know, you gotta take what you can get, turns out. Yeah, and he gets a pitch-fucking-black apartment building. Jesus Christ. Right? That still somehow had a cleaning lady, it looked right? like? Either that, that or, confused me. Either that or she worked as a cleaning lady somewhere else, and she lived there. But she had a, like, maid cart. Oh, you're, yeah, you're right. Is it a hotel? Uh, maybe it's one of those, yeah, because we've got a couple of those in Kalamazoo where, like, you pay by the week. Oh, like a halfway house kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. This place should not have a maid service. That was weird. Well, it, you know, maybe somebody had just moved out of that room. Have you seen the building? This place should not have a maid service. (laughs) It's weird. I mean, not much of it, but, and she's strangely not freaked out by Angel, I mean, right. gra- granted, he's a very pretty man, but... I mean, I wouldn't be freaked out by him. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, he w- bumbles into this room that is probably Barney's apartment. Yeah. Then this dark silhouette figure approaches him in the doorway, and he comes into the light slowly, and he's holding that crossbow. Well, he shoves him from behind. Oh, he shoved the room. him. Yep. Okay, I missed that. And it turns out to be Wesley. Hello, Angel. For all the shit we're about to be giving Wesley, the dude fucking snuck up on Angel. You're right, yeah. And I, like... He did have a good entrance, and the man can ride a motorcycle. Right. And he can wear some leather and pull it off. Yeah. Like, he's got a badass in him. He's still a complete twat nozzle. Yes. <laughs> but... And as we obviously find out later in the series, he does have a legit badass in him somewhere. 
So Wesley's all like, now see it here, I'll be asking the questions now then, and you didn't think you'd be seeing the likes of me anytime soon, now did you? Well, I'm like a ninja, and there's nothing you can do to stop me. And sudden movements, and I snap like a tiger with a mud crab tied to his forehead. It's almost kind of better than the lines from the episode. And Angel just effortlessly slaps the crossbow out of his head hand well because wesley's like oh i bet you didn't think you'd see me again and he's like no i didn't really think of it at all hey actually you know i didn't really think about think much of you at all was that his actual line oh, to tell you the truth i hadn't given it much thought there it is one yeah. way or the other i'm like oh burned yeah <laughs> and, and and then wesley says hey there i'm the one asking the questions here and i think it only fair to warn you that any sudden movements and I will be forced to smacks crossbow out of hand. Snap like a tiger with a mud crab tied to his forehead, you see? Right. Oh, great. So you had a question. <laughs> right. So questions. Yeah. At least Wesley's smart enough to know when he has no chance. Right. <laughs> you have questions. I have answers. <laughs> oh, I went full Jim Varney on that one. You did. Know what I mean, Vern? Like, you, the... You had the facial expression and everything. That was a moment where I'm like, man, I kind of wish we had that on video. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so anyway, he's like, uh, right. He's a rogue demon hunter. <laughs> <laughs> well, around these parts, I get questions all the time and answer them. It's what I do. I'm the question ninja, they call me. <laughs> and uh, so Wesley's been tracking some <laughs> nasty demon all across the country that's been collecting powers from and mutilating both humans and demons. And recently been secreting a gross viscous fluid, much like the one currently accumulating on Wesley's arm. Yeah. Oh my. Because, uh, surprise, the demon you're looking for is up. Eh. Eh. <laughs> eh. Uh, yeah, that goo that they used was I, gross. I was trying to think about, like, what it reminded me of. And have you ever had those lemon fruit pies? Oh, uh, dude, that's probably what it was. It was, it's the exact same yellow color and viscosity as the filling in those le cheap ass, like dollar lemon fruit pies. Mm, yeah. Oh God. You can't that, unsee it now. <laughs> now that sounds really good. And I just kind of want to lick it. Right? Yeah. Cause <laughs> there's this movie. Uh, it was the first movie Peter Jackson ever directed. It's got this iconic cover art of the skull inside the face that's screaming and it's this really low-budget zombie film about this guy's undead mother turning into some big, ridiculous, disgusting demon creature. And it just it's a very slow onset. And there's this scene where he's feeding her and her fucking ear falls off into this yellow pudding that she's eating. She eats her own ear. And it's like the most disgusting scene I've ever seen. I'm not the kind of individual that's easily grossed out, but body horror, like especially gross body horror, really fucking skeeves me. It's hands down the grossest movie I've ever fucking seen in my well, life. Note to self. I'm not recommending this movie <laughs> to anyone, but if you love B-horror films and being grossed the fuck out, go for it. It's hate. It's October, but by the time you hear this episode, it probably will be November. <laughs> oh, yeah. It will be well into November. So, um, so yeah. Anyway, the demon that they're looking for is on the ceiling. Fighty, fighty, fight. 
Wesley shoots him with a crossbow. He's got good aim. Right. And uh, the yeah, demon actually, jumps out the window. He actually gets to make some good use of that crossbow. Yeah. I was happy about that. And he, yeah, he runs and cut back to Angel's apartment. Barney goes all empath on Cordelia because yeah. he can tell she's grieving for Doyle. She snaps at him for being intrusive of her privacy, but immediately regrets it because he was just trying to be nice. Or so it seemed. And they So, in fact, it did seem. <laughs> yes. And they chat for a moment about Doyle, and she gets a little misty-eyed. Yeah, and she actually describes Doyle, and at first she does a thing where she's, like, describing him badly, Mm -hmm. but then you can tell that there's a lot of deep affection underneath it. Such a pain in the ass! Um, But she tells tells Barney that, oh, you kind of remind me of him. Mm -hmm. And, like, the way Barney dresses, oh, yeah. Right? They did that on purpose. They had to have done that on purpose. Yeah, I was was like, it's either on purpose or their costumer just has a type. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, enter Angel with Wesley, and Barney immediately flips out because Wesley's the one who's been chasing him, and he recognizes him. Cordelia runs up and kisses Wesley immediately. And Wesley has the right idea here. He, she starts kissing him, and he's like, oh, why are you... Oh. 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 <laughs> Grabs the small of her back, pulls her in. She doesn't fight it. It's kind of nice. Yeah. yeah. It's a it's a really good on-screen kiss. Yeah. Like, they, they have some real chemistry, I think. And she backs off and says, it didn't work. <laughs> well, and if you remember, they tried to ship them yes. in, on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Hold on. His response is one of my quotes of the day. Go for it. He says, no... Hmm. I rather thought it went considerably better than last time. And <laughs> considering last time was like the most awkward on-screen right. kiss ever. Oh, again, it's just proof of how good of a fucking actor these people are. Yeah, it's not a high bar, but it was still a pretty good kiss. Yeah. Definitely. So then she's all like, wait, Wesley? What the fuck are you doing here? She didn't even know that it was Wesley. <laughs> right? He's like, I'm a rogue demon hunter. (laughs) She actually responds with, wow, what's a rogue demon? What's a rogue demon? (laughs) It's very specific of you to be only hunting rogue demons. (laughs) I I like to think that Cordy is smarter than that, and she knew what he meant. She was fucking with him? But she was just fucking with him? I don't think she was, though. But... (laughs) Well, now you see, Cordelia, I've grown up, moved on, taken a step into a new leaf, peeled a few extra bananas in the wolf pack, because that's simply how I roll now, you see? I hunt rogue demons now, because that's what I am, a rogue demon hunter. None of that banal conformist demon hunting for me. None of it. What the fuck were you talking? Bananas in wolf packs? What? Yeah. (laughs) Just, you know, mixing up a few... analogies like i think you got too many analogies in there and i have no idea what the fuck you're talking about make like a leaf and get out of here make like a banana and shut the fuck up oh there's a term for that and i can't fucking remember (laughs) there's a term for mixing idioms and like we'll burn that bridge when we get to it yes malifor malifor that's it yeah i fucking love malifors malifors are great yes they're my favorite So I realized that it comes out as gobbledygook, and I didn't care. It works with Wesley. Excellent. (laughs) Because that's how I roll now, you say I am. So yeah, Angel explains to Barney what's going on, that they found the demon, 
and that Wesley was not hunting Barney, but Wesley was hunting this other demon. Which turns out to be a Kungai demon, yeah. and it's Asian, so obviously they have to hunt for it in Koreatown. Yeah. And it has a zapper horn that steals life force essence and shit from people, which Fucking would explain... Zapper horns. Yeah. yeah I mean... <laughs> That's pretty self-explanatory, yeah. I think. Because <laughs> Wesley said that he's been chasing a demon that's been uh, mutilating humans and demons alike and stealing their powers. Yep. Because specifically humans and demons that have powers. Yeah. Obligatory expository scene over. Yeah. And so Angel is like, I'm going to go find him. And Wesley's like, I'm coming with you. And Angel's like, no, I work alone. And so Wesley, who just got done emphasizing how much he only works by himself, is practically begging to go hunt with Angel. The real lone wolf here. Yes. And Angel tells Wesley to fuck off because I had someone by my side. He's dead now. Yeah, the brooding comes out strong. Because that's how broody I am. I kill the people that hunt with me. <laughs> but not intentionally. But I arrange it so that I can brood about it later. <laughs> that's the one trick that I don't tell them. <laughs> See, at that, at that point, Angel, it seems like maybe you should have Wesley along because he's liable to die. Right? And yeah. then you have something to be sad about. I feel like you'd feel a lot less bad about it, too. Yeah. But, well, see, that's the problem. He mm. wouldn't feel bad enough about Wesley's right? death. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> so, worm your way into their hearts. No, that, that would make me happy. happy. I can't allow that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, but please, Mr. Bat Angel Man, I want to be your Robin. But... The closeout of this scene is the best part because Angel leaves. Wesley looks like uncomfortable and he's like pulls on his pants a little bit and he, he looks <laughs> like he's in pain. And Cordy's like, what's wrong? These pants, they chafe my legs. <laughs> and he walks off screen. Oh, he meant his dick. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, dick jokes. <laughs> they were never not funny. Have you ever worn leather pants? You know, now, come to think of it, I'm not sure that I have. I did once. Never again. Bit chafy. They don't flex. I can also imagine that they don't breathe well. No. Hmm. You want swamp crotch? That's how, you, that's get how you get crotch. swamp crotch. <laughs> you can't just put them in the washer. Yeah. They have to go to dry cleaning. You have to take your swamp ass fucking leather pants to a dry cleaner. I figured you'd just spray it down with the hose. <laughs> you just shower with them on, right? That doesn't clean the inside. And then they then they shrink a little and they fit better. No, that isn't that is they not. fit tighter, which is the point, I thought. So there's still a place in this world for traditional research. Solitary soldier such as myself recognizes that a free exchange of intelligence benefits the common struggle. Also, I brought in your main newspaper. Cut to a shop in Koreatown, which yeah. turns out to be a spa. Yeah. Angel pays off a clerk to look around for this demon he's hunting. Excuse me, but can we talk about the fact that Angel has one hell of a lot of cash here? Right? <laughs> like... He definitely has some side business going on. Something. Or some savings from, you know, being alive for 200 years. Uh, maybe. That's the only fucking possible explanation. That's gotta be. That's really gotta be the only explanation. He had to have capital to start up this shit. Yeah, there's no... Angel Investigation is running at a loss 
for fuck's sake. Definitely. There's no question about it. Definitely. And so this guy's telling him, you can't just fucking come in here and disturb all my customers. He slips him a 50 and he's like, oh, he's in back. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of a low price, buddy. Right? Like, fuck just you. sold out. Like, you know he's trying to kill the guy. He walks in back, and then we get a fake jump scare. He's he's searching the showers, and <laughs> I love this jump scare, though, because some fugly demon dude wearing a towel is like, hey, do you know where they do the shiatsu massages? <laughs> <laughs> they did the obligatory jump scare, where he's like, <sighs> and the angel's like, I'll kill you. And he's like, hey, do you know where they do the shiatsu massages? He's fucking carrying a battle axe. I love that. <laughs> And I must say, Angel's pretty fucking rude here. He doesn't even try to answer him. The guy's just standing there in a towel like, what the fuck, bro? I mean, yeah, yeah, no, but seriously, I... When, in fact, do they do the shiatsu massages? I would like to know. Like, I'm asking you while half naked here, can you just give me a quick answer and be done with it? I'm not doing a free show here, man. Unlike most guys at the fucking gym... I don't know how often right. you've been to the gym, but not recently. I fucking hate the Planet Fitness gym because people seem to think that it's just a balls open free for all there. <laughs> just oh my god, thank god I'm at Planet Fitness, this high class resort where I can just walk around with my balls flapping around. <laughs> flap, 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 flappity, flappity, flappity. I'm just gonna make conversation with this guy over here. He looks like he likes my balls flapping in his face. I'm like. Excuse me, do you mind? <laughs> Have some fucking shame. You should be ashamed. You're a bad person and you should feel bad. But yeah, so Angel just ignores the dude, turns around and walks away. Doesn't say a fucking word. It's very Like rude. an asshole. It's very rude. The guy was at least wearing yeah. a towel, man. Right. You gotta respect the towel. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna get high? <laughs> no now moving on cut back to angel's apartment where <laughs> do you need a moment no okay, go, go on cut back to angel's apartment where cordy is very frustrated because she's trying to draw mm. images from her vision and she keeps drawing this she's gray so blobby thing gray blobby thing yeah gray blobby thing yeah. And she wads up the paper and tosses it on the floor. Barney's like, oh, someone's frustrated. And I'm like, yeah, I'm frustrated. You know why I'm frustrated? It's because you're like, whoa, someone's frustrated. That just makes me want to start swinging in your general direction. And if you don't get out of the way, it's your fault. Right. That's one step away from this is nothing to get upset about. Yeah. Calm down, Rex. <laughs> calm down. This is nothing. I fucking know that this is nothing to get upset about. That does not mean I can be calm. The worst part is being told to calm down when you actually are still calm. Right. And then I'm like, oh, I was calm, but now it's fucking on. But Cordy's response is like, oh, you're so observant. <laughs> Seriously. I'm grinding my teeth and obviously physically frustrated. Your powers of deduction are amazing. Well, it can sense sarcasm pretty well, too, little lady. Man, shut the fuck up, Barney. You're an asshole. He's too nice, you know? Right, yeah. You can always just tell when somebody's so nice that they're fake. So he, he does, however, manage... In his good guy act here to sway Cordelia's opinion of her visions. A little bit, yeah. 
uh, by showing her the perspective, which is still legitimate, regardless right. of him being a fake douchebag. He shows her the perspective that Doyle trusted her and bestowed her with the most valuable thing that he had. I personally don't think he did it on purpose. I think the powers that be said, oh shit, he about to die. We should probably pass this on somehow. I don't think he did it actively, but th- I don't think that necessarily means he didn't do it on purpose. Okay. So subconsciously then in his head, she was the person that he trusted the deepest yeah, and like had the strongest feelings for. So the powers that be chose to transfer it to her by what he was feeling. So it wasn't like he actively made the choice, but he did choose her for it. It was a joint decision based on his subconscious feelings about her. Excellent. Cut back to the spa where... Angel finds the Kungai demon. And he's dying. He's not looking good. No. We find the source of that goo shit. Yeah, it's a hole in his head. Yeah, because his horn got snapped off and it's not going well. Put a band-aid on it, dude, first off. Like, (laughs) you're just leaking ooze everywhere. Yeah. Like, all over the place. And some of the places that we saw the ooze leaking, that's a weird place to, like, leak your forehead ooze. Do you want mutated turtles? (laughs) <laughs> that's how you get mutated turtles it was only yellow it wasn't neon green oh. so like we're fine do you want mutated frogs <laughs> that's how you get mutated frogs <laughs> turn the frogs gay <laughs> oh wow that that's a deep pull i like it back to angel's apartment where big surprise barney's a bad guy evil yeah, he's checking out Cordy's fine-looking tramp stamp. Yeah. And then pops open his cell phone and confirms for us that he both has the horn, the one that we just saw is broken off of the other demon's face, yep. and that he thinks he's found something better. Dun-dun-dun! Talking about Cordelia's visions. Yeah. Well, fuck. Insert dramatically plays commercial break here. Yes. Uh, then we come back to the same scene where Cordy has made... Strong yet clumpy coffee. Yeah, How... she's she's more of a drip percolate kind of person. Yeah, well, it's, it's an old drip, school electric... more of a drip brew kind of person. Right. Is what she said. It's an old school drip percolator. Sure, I used to have one of these. Uh oh, we're the part I... of the episode where the coffee throws Rex into a tangent about coffee. No, no, I just don't understand how she would have made it clumpy. <laughs> like, I yeah, you know, I like, tried not to think too hard about that because clumpy to me signifies like floaties. You're doing something wrong like, if you got clumpy coffee. Like you can have clumpy hot instant hot cocoa. Right. Where it has the little, like, clumps that float. Sure. But, like... Sometimes on purpose, because they're marshmallows. Right. But, like, clumpy indicates floating. And, like, coffee grounds that are in the coffee are in the bottom of the cup. Yeah. They're not going to, like, float at the top, really. Not not much. Yeah. That only ruins the last bit of coffee, which, frankly, I usually don't want to drink anyway. So, like, how did she get it clumpy? Like, she must be really bad at coffee. It's a conundrum we may never solve. (laughs) Yeah, turns out old skeezy Barney is more powerful than he lets on. And not such a nice guy after all. No, like, a switch flips. Oh, it really does. And he's a sociopath. Like, dude, him as a bad guy? Like... Way more, like en- way more engaging of a character as a bad yeah. guy, actually. But no, that's how it really works with fucking sociopaths. I know a girl 
who dated a sociopath and she told me the story that will always stick with me. He was the nicest fucking guy in the world until they moved in and like literally the moment they signed the lease, a switch flipped is how she described it. And he was never the same person ever again. Cause once he realized, once he knew that he had all the power over her that he needed, he didn't have to be so nice anymore. Yeah. That's fucked up. And he fucked up her life for over a year after that. So Barney here just looks at Cordy and tears her down to the bare bones. Mm-hmm. Like he cuts deep. Yeah. I knew I hated those ears. <laughs> so, uh, he, yeah, he gets into Cordelia's head and he knows all sorts of shit about her, like being a bad actress and blaming herself for Doyle's death because she was too self-centered or at least things that she tells herself anyway, yeah. because he was really playing dumb with his empath abilities. Ooh, he yeah. can read way more than simple surface emotions. Yeah. It tears her apart in a way that just like, that's going to stick with her a long fucking time. Right. And it's just kind of proof that the best lies or the most effective lies anyway, to not put a positive connotation on lying, but the most effective lies have truth to them. Because he yeah. did not hide at all that he was an empath demon. No. Not from second one. But he still used every moment to figure these people out until he knew just the right moment to strike. Yeah. And he strikes deep. And hard and fast. Yes. And uh, he's a he's, dick. Yeah. He's going to rip her eyes out. Because he wants her seer power. Yeah. Because he has that horn that is able to, from the Kungai demon, that is able to steal the essence of others' life force. And if they have special powers, it takes those goddamn special powers. Yeah. So I think this, I completely agree with you. This definitely makes Barney a actually kind of very engaging villain. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Like, I really was not feeling it out of the gate. And I was like, oh, this fucking guy. And now I'm like, wow. Okay. As a villain, I fucking love him. But more importantly, they managed to do something here with this episode, and that is have a little bit of fucking tension. Yeah. Suspense. Like, they did not give this away at the beginning of the fucking episode. Yeah, they didn't, like, take the camera outside the door and have him wink at the camera and be like, I'm actually evil. Which right. is normally basically what they would do. Exactly. Like we get a we get a hint that something's fucked up immediately before the scene, and then this scene happens, uh-huh. and then we're like, "Holy shit!" Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like it's pretty sudden. I like it. It's fairly well done. I don't see angel putting on tights. Oh, now I do, and it's really disturbing. Protecting young women such as yourself. Oh yeah, there's been uh, four, and three of them are very much alive. Cut back to the spa. Yeah, where Wesley shows up. And he isn't a joke for a moment. Right? He's, he's also wearing a suit. He's changed his he, clothes. He's so much better in a suit. He looks better in beige. I don't know about the beige suit, which is, but he looks better in a suit. Right. Even though that suit actually looks way too baggy for him. Yeah. Which is especially noticeable when they're running down the stairs later. 90s. But, Man, yeah. It's the 90s. So. Big coats were kind of a thing at the time. Yeah. Uh, and I shoulder mean, pads. What the fuck was up with shoulder pads? Why were those a thing? Uh, oh, because nobody wanted to admit that they were actually into more masculine women. 
Like men's suits had shoulder pads too. Really, I thought it was mainly a women's style thing. Everything had shoulder pads all through the eighties and nineties. I guess everybody wanted broader shoulders because it makes you look more masculine. I suppose. Because everybody was really insecure, I guess. Yeah. So Wesley's got his special nerd powers of the Watcher's Council, so he knows this obscure demon dialect that the Kungai demon is speaking, which is mostly clicks. Um, Like, I thought he was gasping for air. Turns out it was part of his speech. And Fun fact, uh, clicking is actually a very common thing with a lot of languages especially african languages right i knew that was the thing with african languages i feel like that's something that most people are aware of but i didn't realize it was that common it's super common it's it's actually kind of weird that our language doesn't use clicks really good to know so wesley manages to translate enough to figure out that i i loved what this came down to i mean this is basically a long scene of him going what huh (laughs) who (laughs) where (laughs) no i didn't Fuck you. (laughs) How dare you? You can't say that to me. Don't talk about my mother that way. (laughs) Exactly. He's like, oh, the heart reader demon, or rather the empath demon. And okay, this is cutting back and forth between the apartment and the spa. So I'm just covering this whole spa scene first. Yeah, I totally agree with this this approach. Because it's one of those times where there's so much back and forth, it's hard to keep straight. Exactly. And so the empath demon was his attacker that stole his horn. And that's why he's dying now. And oh my God, this fucking trope where somebody who's dying and the nurse is just dab, 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 dab. And at their forehead, I'm like, bitch, just stop. Right. You're not helping. For fuck's sake, put a bandage on his fucking head. Right. Like, sop up the blood. Maybe get the bleeding to stop or something. Don't dab the sweat away. If anything, the sweat is helping because it's cooling him off. Right. That's why it's there. But there's there's practically a fucking what at the camera because they're like, we left Cordy with him. Oh, no. Who knows? <laughs> So back at the apartment. Yeah, yeah, looks like they pulled the old, hey, I'm not the bad guy. He's the bad guy. Wait, what? Ha <laughs> ha, just kidding. I am the bad guy. Gotcha, suckers. Howdy, <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. Pretty much. So at the apartment, Barney ties up Cordy. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, we'd all like to tie up Cordy, but <laughs> you don't just go doing that shit without consent. Yeah, consent is important. Yes. <sighs> we hear it ill with Angel. We do not kink shame, but we very much value consent. Yes. Consent is sexy. <laughs> no, seriously. I, yeah. Like, very. That just wasn't. Enthusiastic consent, best thing. <laughs> I absolutely agree. That just wasn't the words that I was expecting to come out of your mouth. So, yeah, she's tied up, manages to juke Barney into thinking she's having a vision. Yeah. But then knees him the balls. Hey, at least lucky for her that this demon happens to have his testicles in the place that humans have testicles. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Unlike most demons on Rick and Morty, where their balls are generally on their face. Or or their knees. The alien in Men in Black, when Kay's like, he's a ball chinian! (laughs) Balls around his chin. Oh, yeah, basically. (laughs) Every single alien yeah. in Rick and Morty. I said demon earlier, but I meant de- I meant yeah. alien. <laughs> so yeah, Cordy's Demons, like... Demons, aliens, they're pretty much the exact same thing. Come uh, on. Yeah, seriously. It's the same makeup. <laughs> <laughs> and they're starting to treat 
demons like they're a race that's oppressed and not some sort of supernatural entity. And I'm like, but aren't they still kind of a supernatural entity? I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's, it's very confusing. It's getting hard to keep track of. So Cordelia's like, <laughs> damn it. I had a joke for that and I lost it. So yeah, anyway, she knees him in the testicles and she tries to get away, but it doesn't really work because she's still tied up. She still has her hands bound behind her back, so it's hard to fucking run. Have you ever ran when your like hands are like immobilized? It's weird and awkward. I can imagine, like just trying to run with your hands in your pockets. Like you immediately have to take them out of your pockets. Like, oh, you really need that for the stabilization. Yeah, yeah. and you don't realize it until you try to do it without them. I remember thinking as a kid, I was like, why does every like whenever you see somebody running? They're swinging their arms like that. And I'm like, that doesn't seem necessary. But then I tried it and I'm like, oh, well, it's because floppy armed running is stupid. It doesn't work. And also awkward. It's the only way to balance out your center of mass. Like that's, do you want to end up looking like Napoleon (laughs) Dynamite? Because that's how you end up looking like Napoleon Dynamite. (sighs) I fucking hate that movie. Anyway, we go from there after... So after Angel and Wesley go what at the camera, like, oh, no, we left Cordy with him. Uh, Cordy wakes up, tied up, hogtied, no less, in a fucking warehouse of some sort. And we see all sorts of goodies all around her. And by goodies, he means body parts. Yeah, all body parts. All saleable underground black market body parts. And we hear Barney having a conversation about whether or not the seer's eyes should be harvested because she's more valuable with them, apparently. And her, his assistant really wants to use these wicked looking tongs. You want I should give him the clamps? <laughs> yes, we know clamps. We know that you want to give her the clamps all day, every day. We'll let you know. So cut back to the apartment. Angel and Wesley come back looking for Cordelia and they find the place pretty trashed. And, uh... Wesley is very productive with his self-pitying rampage. Yeah, I mean, you know, self-pitying. That's how you get shit done. Exactly. Now, <laughs> now see, the council was right to fire me. This is all my fault, not yours. It's all mine. It's about me, damn it, Angel, don't you see? God <laughs> damn it, Wesley, don't you see how broody my apartment is and i'll be goddamned if i'm gonna be outbrooded in my own home i can outbrood you with my pinky toe on a rainy day you whiny amateur <laughs> confounded angel you're right my nerdy powers make a fine compliment to your broody cockles i dare say we <laughs> shall team up <laughs> broody cockles you heard me <laughs> When our broody powers combine. <laughs> God damn it, Wesley, it's just so broody. <laughs> Judging by your uncomfortableness, I would say you're either about to ask me out on a date or you need a favor. Well, see, the thing about detectives is they have resumes and business licenses and last names. Pop stars and popes, those are the one name guys. Angel finds uh, Cordy's sketch, and lo and behold, it's a thing. Like, it's an actual thing that he knows something about. It's a sculpture Mm -hmm. that she had described as a gray blobby thing, and it's a gray blobby sculpture. It is a gray blobby thing. It just happens to be 
art hard air quotes <laughs> right so i should uh, make a gray blobby thing and see if i can make thousands if not millions of dollars off no, of it. you can't that's not how it oh, works that's you have to have a name yeah uh, you have to like make a name doing like real art you have to make at least 500 gray blobby things yeah at least exactly anyway yeah no i've I've seen the art installations at Fourth Coast. <laughs> I'm aware that that's not how it works. No, seriously, guys, we've seen a fucking lamp with oh, some god goddamn aircraft cable coming off of it, and that was about it. And somebody was trying to pass it off as art. And like some of the pricing was like this one fucking piece that had like some mirror pieces and a light, like. A neon bar sign is more impressive art than what this thing was. Yes. And it was like for hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And they plugged it into where I normally plug my laptop in. <laughs> and I forgot about that really part. pissed me off. <laughs> right. I noticed, I started unplugging it every time I sat down. And I started noticing nobody was plugging it back in. Right. <laughs> they probably didn't notice. They probably didn't actually know at least one of the baristas thanked me because they're like, we're not allowed to unplug it, but they didn't tell us to plug it back in because <laughs> it fucking was pointed right at the counter. Right. And the way the mirror, the mirrors on this little piece were, it, and it was a very bright little light. Yeah. It was stupid. It was bullshit. Absolute bullshit. But yeah, it was, it was bad art. And let me tell you, the sculpture they show in here is just as bad. It's a gray blobby thing. It's like it's not art. Oh, I mean, I, th- I think the gray blobby thing is miles ahead of where that stupid lamp was. I mean, yeah. But it's still bad. Anyway, Angel and Wes are on the hunt, on the game. They're on the something. They're on the something. Yeah. <laughs> we so- have a something going on. Let's do a thing. And it's time for our <laughs> obligatory research montage. And they track down the drawing of a statue that Cordelia saw in her vision. And magically they research montage. And within a matter of literal minutes, they have a location of a black market underground body parts trafficking auction venue. And if I didn't just make it onto a watch list from typing that sentence into Google Docs, then Google, you're not really using your powers wisely. (laughs) But also that would be a huge relief to me. I'll never know either way. I'm fairly certain I'm already on a list from... Oh, come on. I... From building an airport map for a zombie game. There are so many fucking times when I'm like, I wonder how this insert random thing works. And so, like, I have researched way too much about fission technology and nuclear reactors and specifically the difference between refining material for bombs did versus say, reactors. Did you say fission? Yeah, fission. Like, not fusion. Not fusion, fission. F-I-S-S-I-O-N. Fission. F-I-S-S-I-O-N. There's a difference between the two. I'm aware. I'm confirming the spelling, and I just remember that you're shit at spelling. Yeah, I don't know how to spell anything. How do you not know how to spell... F- I'm fairly certain it's F-I-S-S-I-O-N. I, I'm a bad speller. Leave me alone. F-I-S-S-I-O-N. I am on some fucking lists. I-T-I Cincinnati. <laughs> oh my god really <laughs> yeah really had Keanu Reeves in it <laughs> babes in toilet <laughs> <laughs> you actually recognized it yes I fucking recognized it that's fucking special oh my god <laughs> also that movie showed me that 
Jeeps are not that great in the winter. C I N C I N N I T I Cincinnati. You know that fucking. Well, that's a tangent we don't need to go into. Right. Yeah. Uh, Moving on. Make your children wear seatbelts, please. Right. Yes. Moving on. And specifically, not sitting on a sled (laughs) in the back of your Jeep. Yeah. (laughs) So. I think we just showed our age very strongly. Absolutely. That was like one of his first movies. (gasps) It really was. So young in that movie. Um, Oh, and it's a bit part two. Like, it's barely in the movie. So at the auction house, (laughs) Barney auctions off Cordelia, who starts a bidding war by lying about her abilities. Yep. uh, Wolfram and Hart has a lawyer there. Uh Uh-huh. And And there's some weird looking demons around. Quite a few of them. She manages to buy herself some valuable time with this bidding war. Yeah. And boy, did those few seconds make a real difference because the Wolfram and Hart lady that ends up getting her only wants her eyes. The bidding starts at 2000. Uh-huh. And because of Corey's intervention, cranks it up to 40. 40. Damn. But, you know, Wolfram and Hart's got it. They're good for right? it. Oh, yeah, like, they're good seeing for eyes. <laughs> 40s and nothing. Oh, yeah. She'd have been willing to go up to millions, I bet you. So, yeah, she gets the upsell, but Wolfram and Hart win her over. And they're like, oh, you know what? We just want the eyes. We don't want the actual person. And Barney's like, well, that's going to cost you extra. And the lawyer's like, oh, extraction is always included <laughs> always like a total karen duh <laughs> i would like to speak with a manager please <laughs> he's like no it will cost you an extra thousand for us to <laughs> pluck the eyes out i think they're just milking the clock they must be paid hourly because they just all every time they went to go pluck the eyes out they're just clacking the stupid little fucking well forceps you know, tool you know what they say about tongs you have to clack the tongs a few times just to make sure they're tongy <laughs> <laughs> click, 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 click. I didn't know that they said that, and I find that very upsetting. If you pick up a pair of tongs, the spring-loaded tong things, and you don't clack them together, you're doing it wrong. You want I should give them the tongs? <laughs> no, you don't not clack the tongs. No. All right. And I just have to say, though, that the design of these, like, scissor things... I had to fucking watch them over and over again because they're kind of fascinating. Would they actually be good for removing eyes? I wasn't I don't know. That closely. I don't know that they would be able to remove eyes for shit, but <laughs> they're well, because it's a scissor sort of handle. Sure. It's a two direction scissor sort of handle. Yeah. But the head of this is four. So the one linear direction opens tongs in four different directions. I like, just imagined way too vividly having my eyes plucked out and i think i'm <laughs> i think i'm done with this conversation okay all right um cut to the lobby where angel cosplaying as a racially insensitive morbidly obese children's beverage crashes his way through the concierge who was presumably made of bricks yes <laughs> uh let's just say He rolled a 20 on his intimidation tactics right but you know what when you can vamp out you just get a nat 20 period. That's just how that works. Right. Like, I'm sorry. I don't. There's no way any person who works in the fucking hospitality industry is paid enough to deal with that shit. Oh, seriously. <laughs> like, oh, you're above my pay grade. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sir, we definitely don't have an auction. I, it's right over here. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's behind that door. Would you like an escort? I will open the door for you. Oh, I see. <laughs> You're one of those. Well, <laughs> well, my work here is done. They almost show up a little too late, but the only reason they're not too late is because, like you said, literally every time they show anybody using those stupid tongs, they're just like clacking them together. Clackety, like, clackety. I'm going to take out your eyes. Clackety, clackety. <laughs> um, and yeah, so he busts in and stumbles right into the back room where they're clacking away, being like, we're totally going to get those eyes once we yeah. are, once we... <laughs> get over our childlike fascination of these things clacking together. Immediately thought of liar, liar. (laughs) When it's coming to get you. The claw. claw. (laughs) It's going to get you. 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 Hey, there's a Wesley there too. You're right. (laughs) Except it's, you know, it's a guy that played... Yeah, it, the other hey, Wesley. Couple layers removed, but it still counts. It definitely counts. Bring it right back around. And hey, Wesley's here. I'm with Wolfram and Hart. Everybody should have a lawyer like this. Mr. Winters shall never be convicted of any crime, ever. Should you continue to harass our client, you'll be forced to bring him in the light of day. I want that stricken from the record. Place I'm told it's not all that healthy for you. They fight. <laughs> yep, there's a there's. It's a pretty good fight. Yeah, lots of shit happens. Most noteworthy would seem to be the part where Wesley fucks up Barney. I wrote this line down as one of my quotes of the day. Do tell. Wesley goes to untie Cordy, mm-hmm. and he taped the fucking knife too much to his leg. First off, why did you tape? A knife to your leg. And second off, why did you do multiple fucking layers of tape? Oh, yeah. That was, like, right after the the research montage. Yeah. We didn't mention that, I don't believe. Uh, but he can't pull the tape off. It's kind of funny because every time he pulls, he, like, pulls his leg out from under himself. It's cute and funny and dorkable. Mm-hmm. But he managed to get Cordy out of her ropes. And they go to run off. But Barney steps in front of Wesley. And Wesley says... This. I also want to make a point of saying his delivery of this line is um interesting because he says, You butcher an innocent girl, will you? I'll thrash you within an inch of your life. And then the next line, he like screams it. <laughs> and it I'm is, not gonna scream it. It is very much a la though that panel of directors earlier. That was an interesting choice, <laughs> yes. Alexis Denisov. <laughs> exactly. Because the, the first line is pretty, like, straightforward. But he, the next line he screams, he says, And then I'm going to take that inch! <laughs> but it's a really good line. Actually, it was a good choice. I enjoyed it. I'm going to... I will thrash you within an inch of your life. And, and then, then I will take, take that, that inch. inch. Yes. Dude! That was bad. He Wesley has a real badass inside He's of him. He's a secret badass. Waiting to I be born. I fucking love it. And that's where they take his character. And I just, I fucking, that's one of the most memorable things about this whole series that I can never forget is right? how they 180 the fuck out of Wesley. And he immediately is like, no, fuck you. And he just goes to town on Barney. Yeah. I fucking love it. Definitely. It's fantastic. 
And so then we see the Wolfram and Hart lady walking away on the phone reporting that Angel has interfered yet again. I'll give you three guesses who it was. <laughs> and you only need one. <laughs> exactly. And the first two don't count. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, what is that from? I don't know. Fuck, that's I, from something. Somebody though. said that to me once and it just stuck. So Cordelia lands the fatal blow that ends Barney and he shrivels into a black gross husk. Yeah, she stabs him with the the Kungai stabby thing. Huh. Horn, there Mis- we go. Mr. Kungai's <laughs> yes. forehead stabby. Yes. Appendage. The horn. Um I can't believe I brain farted on horn. <laughs> Christ. I I've brain farted on dumber words than that. <sighs> I think it's the whiskey. <laughs> One time I brain farted for like 6 months on the word articulate. <laughs> The irony was not lost on me. (laughs) (laughs) Do you ever have the moment where you can't think of like a really simple word? Like painfully simple? I've forgotten my name and I've forgotten my age. What? Yeah, I've been there too. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to 30s. (laughs) Welcome to Ale with Old Fucks. We've watched Babes in Toyland. Where are we? <laughs> what are we doing? No, really. <laughs> if you could email us. Or, <laughs> or send, give us a call send us a voicemail <laughs> at 269-743-0783. Please tell us what we need to be doing. <laughs> so I... This is a tangent, yes. But I need to tell this story. All right, shoot. The fans of Ale with Angel need to hear this. <laughs> I was at work the other day. And I was on a phone call, an obligatory phone call. I'm a field service technician talking to a phone support person that I I have to work with these people constantly. They asked me what my phone number was. (laughs) And I said, 269-743-078 shit. (laughs) Um... Oh my god how had you not told me about that before now i haven't seen you very much the last couple of weeks yeah oddly uh right oh fuck i, <laughs> I had to stop and <laughs> and to stop and rethink what my real phone number was for a moment um so cordelia hugs angel out of relief that he found her in time yep Angel throws a dog a bone and gives Wesley some kudos. His line is, uh, well, I was lucky. I had a rogue demon hunter on my side. And Wesley's like, glad I could be of service. Yes, and then we go to wrap up. Wrap up time. Which involves breakfast. Specifically, I noticed that he made fucking sawmill gravy. Love me some breakfast food. Oh my god, I love sawmill gravy so much. I mean, even Cordelia's like, you know, for somebody who only lives on blood, he's a pretty good fucking Her, her line, I wrote it down as one of my quotes of the day. We are so far ahead of ourselves. Yes. Why don't we come back to this? Right. We will so, come back to this. So they're casually bantering about how much Barney deserved to die, and he did. He did deserve to die. Cordelia frames her picture that she drew of the gray blob thing because it saved her life, and now she has a reminder uh, that Doyle, in fact, did leave something behind for them to remember him by. Yeah. And Wesley goes full twat. <laughs> 
Now you never here. go full twat. Now you see, I must be off as my fate as rogue demon hunter waits for no one. Obviously, the darkest, loneliest corners of the abyss. Evil lurking everywhere. No rest for the wicked. Cheerio. Ta-ta. Don't mind me. See, I'm leaving right now. Don't look back. Pay no heed. You may never see me again as I firmly <laughs> implant myself amongst the undead. <laughs> You know what's really sad about that? Through the storm and the rain and the heat. <laughs> famine. Rex. Famine. Painful gnawing hunger. I go away. Off to the evil garden path of evil. <laughs> what's particularly sad about that is you're barely exaggerating. <laughs> Half of that was direct quotes. <laughs> yeah, I'm fully aware. I wrote some of it down. <laughs> Oh my. The whole fucking tone, though, when he's going on and on, is you're like, dude, obviously you don't want to fucking leave. You don't have anywhere to go. Shut the fuck up, Wesley. Come on. Shut up and sit down. And Angel's like, breakfast? (laughs) Right. Don't mind if I do. (laughs) I do like that most of the scene, both of them are like, okay, bye. See ya. (laughs) Yeah. Go on. It's fine. And I really felt like they wouldn't have cared had he actually left. No, not at all. And they also didn't care that he stayed. They they were totally indifferent. Yeah. It was kind of hilarious. It was. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they invite him to breakfast, and then we get Cordy's line. He's a good cook for someone on a liquid diet. <laughs> and I, I just like that, and I, I like the idea that Angel cooks and is good at it. Despite I, the fact that he can't eat. Right. I imagine it's because he has a soul and he misses eating. Especially that one day where he was got to be human again. Right. And he got to remember what food was like. Oh, God. I like, I would that definitely. Just, yeah. I would definitely cook if I were in his shoes still. I'd be like, can I, can I watch you eat it? Dude. So I am a cook. And let me tell you, I cook for myself. Sure. But I find great, deep, lasting joy out of giving someone food. And the best response ever is when you give someone food and they take a bite and they go. And then they keep eating. They don't need to say a word past that. Just that bite, pause, And continue on. That's what I fucking live for. So if we have any stalkers out there <laughs> that want to come grunt for Rex, he would really love that. Just I gotta feed him first. You gotta. I it's mean, only if I feed yeah, him. grunt for him after he feeds you. Otherwise, he'll be on to you, and he'll know that you're a stalker yeah. and not just enjoying his food. And that's problematic at best. Anyway, Wesley's like, "Oh dear God, breakfast! I'm so hungry." <laughs> Girl. And sawmill gravy. And so I okay gravy of some I saw he was spooning something out of a pan that's all I saw well, it, it's it's sawmill gravy sausage gravy whatever you want to call it it's pepper sausage milk gravy it's delicious that sounds amazing gurarg gurarg is this for me I must be ready I need my strength strength give, give, give me more nights I shall give, walk in You've got something here. 
How'd you feel about this episode, Rex? It was all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it had some. It had some really good moments. Um, once the flip, once the switch flipped for Barney, he right? was a good villain. But even past the moment where he ties Cordy up, he's just lackluster. Right. So like outside of that one scene, the reveal scene was good. There wasn't much after that for him. No, there's a little. A little fun play with with Wesley being a badass, and then you're like, eh, eh. Yeah. I felt like this entire episode served to be... It it was a wake for Doyle. Yeah. It was like, they're still dealing with his loss, and we have to establish a character that's going to take his place in a way that doesn't feel threatening to his memory. Right, and, and they, I think they did that okay. They they did it really well, absolutely. But I still recognize from a standpoint of analyzing the episode that I feel like that's all they were really doing. Yeah. And therefore, it's not a particularly great episode other than it contributes to the arc. And can I really ask for more? No, and it, like it's not a... It's definitely by far not one of the bad episodes monster of the week episodes. it's not a like it's not it's, bad it's not a climactic amazing episode no. but it's a decent satisfying enough contribution to the arc yeah it's all right and i'll take it i'll take what i can get you know yeah. i mean don't get me wrong it's all right for this show is still pretty high on the scale yeah like it's a really good show like we wouldn't be doing this <laughs> show about a show if we didn't right. fucking love most of this show yeah so uh, we're just trying to come at this from we're not trying to shit on anything we're just trying to be as objective as possible yeah so it's all right it's all right do you got a quote of the day it's all it's it's a b plus it, yeah 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 b plus <laughs> b plus definitely do you got a quote of the day not off the top of my head do you I do have a quote of the day. What's your quote of the day, Rex? My quote of the day is obvious, though. Oh? Because my quote of the day is Wesley's last, like, strong, badass line. Which one was that? That is, you butcher an innocent girl, will you? I'll thrash you within an inch of your life, and then I'll take that inch! Oh, damn it, (laughs) yes. Oh, if you hadn't chosen that, I probably would have. It's so fucking good! It's pretty good. The thing is, though, not only is it a good line, but the delivery is so over the top that it works. Because mm-hmm. you you feel the visceral like "fuck you" that Wesley has within him. Yeah, I yeah, I definitely felt it. You're not wrong. <laughs> okay, I gotta give it to Angel because he dishes out some some shit, and it's hilarious when he says, "Hey, and behave yourself." <laughs> I don't want to find you two necking on the couch when I get back, because he knows damn well she's not attracted right. to him. We have, you know, we have some moments through the last several episodes where we get kind of a dad vibe between Angel and Cordy. Right? He, he's kind of he's slightly parental figure, and this kind of really more, plays on that big brother. Okay, yeah, and not in the George Orwell kind of way. No, it's more like. <laughs> actual definitely not actual caring big brother like the kind of big brother that like their parents died and so he like he had to step up right yeah yeah one of those kinds of people who uh, had to grow up early yeah 
Definitely. I think I need an honorable mention quote of the day here, which also goes to Angel. Vampires don't sleep in coffins. <laughs> it's a misconception made popular by hack writers and ignorant media. In fact, you know, we can and do move around during the day as long as we avoid direct sunlight. Got it? Because it was so obviously a message to the fans that are being dicks. What was that writer's name that you said? David Fury. All right, David Fury. We heard you. <laughs> we'll back off ever so slightly. Yeah. Ever so slightly. Why don't you go back and write your <laughs> scripts better, David Fury? And then you won't have to write passive aggressive shit into them. How do you feel about that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We say from a podcast that you're probably not listening to like oh, 20 years later. Oh, he's definitely listening. Oh, Rex. sure. Yeah. We should we should try to get him. We should try to get him for an interview then. Definitely. Honestly, if he was listening, I would shit myself. <laughs> you no. think I'm joking, but I probably would. <laughs> We'd have to get some good Foley on that. We'll have to get, oh, God. We'll have to get an after recording. I will covertly stick a microphone in the bathroom. All right, all right, all right, all right. We're done. We're done. No more fart jokes. No more poop jokes. All right. This has been an episode of Ale with Angel. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't ever forget to follow us on Twitter or Facebook. You can follow us on both of those places. On Twitter, we are at Beer with Buffy. Facebook, we are just Beer with Buffy. Search us like you would any other person. We're a people. <laughs> Sure, I'm, we're people. <laughs> that counts, right? Review us on iTunes. No, seriously, do it. Yeah, please. Do it now. <laughs> We'd really appreciate that. And if you can't be bothered to do that, then at least tell a friend or tell multiple friends about us because that's the best way that we're going to grow as a podcast because there's not a single podcast out there that didn't start out being a podcast because they wanted to be a big podcast. Most, a lot of them settle down and say you know what we're happy just having a ravenous small fan base well i feel like we're somewhere in the gray area don't get us wrong we love our ravenous small fan base but you know what i would like to quit my job i would also <laughs> love to quit my job and have a ravenous large fan base yes and uh, that would give us a lot of ammunition to be able to bring you some actual famous people that we interview on this podcast because frankly they aren't particularly interested in being on a small, ravenous fan base. They're like, I haven't had that shot recently, so I don't know if I can do that. Please give us an excuse to talk to famous people. Yeah. That, I would like to talk to famous people. That sounds really fun. If nothing else, you can laugh at us trying to talk to famous people. And then we can try them. <laughs> and then we can try to convince them to buy our shit, too. Yeah, and that'll sure. Be, that'll be hilarious. That's how that works. Because if you want to buy our shit... You can head on over to store.beerwithbuffy.com where we have mugs, t-shirts, stickers, and hoodies. Personally, I am going to buy one of those hoodies so that I can walk around and be like, look at me, I has a podcast. And then uh, if you don't want any of our shit, but you love us enough to just throw your money in our faces and go, shut up and make with the funny, you can do that at patreon.beerwithbuffy.com where we also have a cat naming perk. 
like yeah. you heard at the beginning of this episode, we'll do that for your cat, too. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, send us an email at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. You can call us and leave silly voicemails or send us a text at 269-743-0783. I might be getting calls from work about that. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Huge thanks to JJ Treadway for our new opening and transitional music. This has been Ale with Angel. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Have a good night. Now see here, I've got many more rogue demons to be hunting. <laughs> you are the slayer. Lives depend upon you. I make allowances for your years, but I expect a certain amount of responsibility. Instead of which you enslave yourself to this, this cult. You don't like the color? <laughs> done why are we watching this